Alright. Hi everyone, this is Plateau. I'm spitdanning here in uh, Ohio Linux Fest talking to Jonathan, I don't know how to say your Nado. last name still. Nado. Yep. Nadir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Technically, it's probably how it should be. I know, yeah. You don't know how to say your name. Um, and I don't know, so I've heard that you just got back, more or less just, uh, got back from an internship at the uh, FSF. Is that yes. correct? Yeah, yeah. I just finished it in the summer uh, a couple of weeks ago. Cool. Um, first of all, that's really, really cool. How did you get in? How how did you find out about that? How did you apply? Like, I mean, what what's the backstory on it? Well, I had uh, Matt Lee come speak at the Northeast GNU Linux Fest. Okay. And so I spoke with him a handful of times about coming down and talking, and he invited me to come down and have lunch at the FSF one day. Okay. So I came down and we were talking, and he said, "Hey, have you ever thought about interning here?" And I was like. I know you guys offered an internship. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah. So I, you just have to kind of like write a paragraph about what you've done in free software or, okay. you know, what you contribute to the community and why you think you should, uh, you know, intern, intern there. there. Yeah. And then they go through the applications and they choose, you know, who they want to come down. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. Um, so you got in and you were there for the summer. What were you working on exactly while you were there? We started working on a campaign that hasn't been launched yet. Okay. Um, we got quite a bit of it done, but... Matt Lee and the other campaign manager, Josh, are going to finish it out. Okay. Um, but while I was there, like, uh, I had been talking to them about accessibility and free software, uh -huh. and I opened their eyes to a lot of things they were never aware of or nice. didn't realize uh, what was or was not out there. And so working with one of the campaign managers, Josh, we want to launch uh, quite a bit of projects along the side of the FSF for accessibility and free software. Okay. And uh, one of the first things I was able to do is I contacted the project leader Ruben Rodriguez from the uh, Triskel distribution and if people don't know what that is it's basically Ubuntu but it's a completely free kernel with no binary blobs okay. and all of the software is 100% free software nice um, so you're not able to install you know non-free software and in, in the and there's no non-free software in the repositories okay. at all yeah. so it's a completely free distribution and I got a hold of him and I started talking to him seeing what we could do about making the installer accessible for blind people and since the uh, Triskel is built off of Ubuntu the Ubuntu installer Ubiquity does have an accessible option right. but it's very hard to use and almost impossible to use wow. and a blind for a blind person to use it there's like no uh, um, audible signal to let you know you need to start doing stuff you have to like press F5, press the arrow down three times, hit enter, press this button. It's, it's just very convoluted. Okay. And so I spoke with Ruben and uh, I said, what can we do to make this easier? Yeah. And so he was able to, in one day, after <laughs> speaking with him, uh, make this change. It was about 10 to 20 lines of code, I believe. Yeah. And basically now, what right now, uh, even in the, in the beta version of Triskel 5, is when you put the CD in, or if you're, you're booting off the USB, when it comes to the, the first menu where you choose a language, you just let it sit yeah. for like 30 seconds. Okay. After that 30 seconds, it's going to automatically boot into a live session. So and when really it does, the Orca screamer will be great. talking. Yeah. So if a person does not need accessibility, they'll click the they'll menu right away. Yeah. yeah, they'll click yeah. the menu right away. They'll never know it's there. Yeah. So it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. And like I said, after talking to him one day, he emailed me back and said, here's the link, download this test site, so let me know how it works. And it worked. Nice. Like, so this guy, you know, did... In, in like 10 lines of code in like what one day yeah like <laughs> yeah it, it, and hopefully you know other distros will take this change yeah because Linux Mint uses Ubiquity obviously okay. Ubuntu does but we're, we're t this is just the start of attempting to try and build an accessible framework Okay. We don't want to build one specific accessible distro. We right. want all GNU Linux to be accessible. Yeah. So if we can build a framework for other people to follow, 
then everyone will benefit from this. Okay. And why why do you think that you're qualified to talk about accessibility and stuff like that? Well, I'm a blind GNU learner oh, Caesar right. myself. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> um, I figured maybe some listeners might not know that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you're qualified. We'll we'll continue. Um, okay, so so the the project. I mean, are you allowed or permitted to say? Yet, I mean, I know the campaign hasn't launched, but like, what what does the campaign encompass? Like, what's the idea behind what you were doing? I mean, like the one it? that I worked on, uh, yeah, multimedia stuff. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Cool. So we'll we'll keep an eye out for that, I guess. Yeah. And see what like what exactly that is. Um, so as a blind user yourself, what like if I had a blind friend or something, and I I wanted to start getting them into GNU Linux, what? What what should I start by uh, recommending? Like, what's the, in your opinion, just like what what would be the easiest, I guess, way to start on that? Well, once Triskel Five is released, uh-huh. I, would, I I could recommend that. But since yeah. it's not released yet, there is a, a distribution built specifically for blind people oh, okay. called Vinix, and oh, that's okay. based off of Ubuntu also. Okay. And it takes the same ideas of what Triskel does as you you drop the CD in and it automatically boots into a live session with Orca running. And then a blind person or low vision person can install it completely on their own. Nice. And then when it reboots, Orca comes back up talking, and then they have full control over their desktop, and they can start, you know, installing packages, uninstalling stuff, and using the computer. Okay. So I've I've talked to you a little bit about this uh, actually like two seasons ago on my own podcast, but let's just kind of quickly reiterate it. Maybe mm. what's the equivalent over on like the Windows side? Like what what do people use? What do the blind people users not use? What are they using if they're not using Linux? The majority is JAWS right now. Okay. And there's also like a, a secondary one called Windows Eyes or Window Eyes. Okay. Um, JAWS, if you get the professional version, is fifteen hundred dollars. Wow. And the Window Eyes is like nine hundred. Are you kidding? No, no. Okay. <laughs> um, that's uh, actually a lot of money. Yeah, and yeah. 80% of blind people are unemployed, so... Yeah, wow. <laughs> so how are they doing it? I'm not sure if I'm well, understanding. So the, the, depending on what state you live in, the, the state agency, if you make whatever qualifications they're looking for uh-huh. in a person, they will essentially pay for the software for you to use, for the blind person to use. That so, sounds like a really good product to be selling. Ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, price or anything because yeah. they're going to just, you know, pay whatever the tax says. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it's just a really awful situation, and a lot of people don't even realize that that stuff goes on because, you know, so, okay, so what if the person can't get this funding? Right. What, you know, oh, oh, I'm sorry, you can't use a computer you now. You can't use a computer. Yeah, because you only live, you know. Which you know, maybe, ten ye- maybe 10 years ago, although, honestly, probably t- not even 10, more like 20, you mm. could have gotten away with that. Like, okay, I can't be a computer user. Right, right. Which isn't right, right. but, I mean, like, you could get away with it, but Ex- I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know how you could get very far today. Exactly. And, you like, know, it's it, just like... It, that that just makes you even that much more unemployable if you yeah, if you had a chance. Yeah. yeah you know, wow. like if you can't use a the computer, then you know, I'm not saying you're no good, but I mean, there's a lot it's, less it's you can't really, do. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, and so it's a really awful situation to be in. That's why I'm a huge advocate of free software in general and free software and accessibility. So like it almost sounds like like the free software. The, the progressive side of the free software in this instance is not necessarily, oh, look, we have this thing that will read the screen to you. It's like, look, we've got this thing, and it's truly accept- you, you, it's it's free. You can use it, and you can teach yourself computers and stuff like that, and, mm-hmm. and it's there, and it's available for everyone. Yes. So, yeah. And, and, you know, you can make one person can make a difference with the screen reader. 
they yeah. can hop on that mail, email, the mailing list and say, oh, I tried doing this and it didn't work and they can report a bug. Or, oh, right. You know, yeah. so yeah. The, the one person can make a difference. Yeah. You're not going to do that using JAWS or window eyes. If, they, if you say, oh, I don't have this functionality, they'll say, wait till the next release and you owe us 1500 bucks again. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, so yeah. like, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of free software. Like, I have the opportunity to get these free copies and I choose not to use them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't run them because yeah. yeah. I'm not going to play that game. Yeah. And if there's something I can't do, I'll either not do it or figure out a way how to do it or maybe get help. You know, someone might help coding up something that'll yeah, yeah. you know help the problem. So very cool. And you know, that's where you can make a difference with free software. What about um, so this Orca thing? I mean, I, I've I've used it before, although I admit I didn't close my eyes and actually try to use it. I, yeah. just, I had it running. <laughs> um, I, I believe it's fairly GNOME specific. Is that correct, or am I mistaken? Yes, but it is. Uh, I believe Orca became part of the Software Conservancy. Okay. So they're trying to get a little more independence. Okay. And with that, they the XFC does have on their uh, road plan oh, to nice. become more accessible with Orca, like within the next year. Well, and that I guess that begs the question because obviously a lot of people I guess are are trying XFCE now that GNOME two has changed into GNOME three, and a lot of people are kind of like, whoa, that's a lot different. Yeah. Um, how is Orca and GNOME three? Is it pretty much the same as always, or? Uh, it's it took a little hit because okay. it's obviously a, a different interface. Yeah. Um, when three point two comes out in October, it's going to be considerably better. Okay. Three O was okay, but. It, it was on the border of usable and not usable. Okay. It really depended on what you wanted to do. Okay. So 3.2, there's supposed to be a lot more improvements. But XFCE right now is fairly accessible, but the, like it won't read a lot of the menus and stuff. So okay. you kind of have to either just launch stuff from like the terminal or like yeah. just open up the run box and launch stuff from that. Oh, okay. But I mean, so it works. Yeah, but it it's does not. Work, but yeah. there are like workarounds. Exactly. Like yeah, okay. exactly. So um, what, I mean, it sounds like you, I mean, Aside from being blind, you don't really seem to have any qualifications to like, quote unquote, contribute to this this Orca project. You know, you're not a mm, coder. Right. You can't like say, "Hey, I just improved such and such. I'm going to push the change." You know, that's not who you are. Right. But it, it in that sense, I, I kind of think of you as like sort of the way free software is supposed to work in a, on a community level. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're someone with knowledge and you are able to help the people who do know how to code something mm. and, and, like, actually tell them, hey, this is really cool, but honestly, that's not how, you know, I want to... Or that's not how a user would want to use it or whatever. And you can actually contribute to the con the project just by by letting people know how it's working, basically. Yeah, yeah well, it, 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 that's a very good point. You don't have to be a programmer to make the difference. And... Really, in the free software like communities and free software world, people that develop things want feedback. Yeah, you know they want they want to know people are using it, and if they want to know if there's a problem, like why else would you create something? Like I mean, maybe some people do create stuff just for themselves, yeah. but they do want other people using it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like Ruben Rodriguez is a perfect example. I I, I guessed his email. Yeah, you know, it's just Ruben <laughs> at Triscal. You know, I emailed him. I said hi, and I'm a blind user, and and this is you know what I'd like to do, and you know, within like an hour, he emailed back, and he was just like totally intrigued by what I was emailing him yeah, about. Yeah. And I got a hold of him on Mumble. We had like an hour-long conversation. Nice. And I sent him a link to a video of me like installing Vinix. He, he was like, I'm really interested to see how you use a computer. Oh, interesting. So I sent him a video while I was talking to him and <laughs> yeah. he said, this is amazing. <laughs> and he was like blown away by it. And like I said, within, an, you know, the next day, boom, he made the changes. Yeah. You know, and like that's what a lot of people will do if you get a hold of them. You know? So what you're saying is that the, he didn't email you out of the blue and say, hi, I heard of you. And right. Like, well, I need you. You, know, you actually put your 
you know, you actually put yourself out there and said, "Hey, I'm this person. Why, you know, let's talk." Exactly. Yeah, yeah and exactly. that's really cool because it, I think sometimes people are a little bit maybe not sure that they're allowed to do that. You know, and yeah. It's like you can actually do that. We're all people. We can we can just talk. Exactly, and like yeah. that's kind of part of like sort of the accessibility project I'm working on is to. Okay basically bring other people that do accessible programming or accessibility issues within free software accessibility accessibility is such a niche market to begin with right and for that to be fragmented is not good yeah yeah so my i'm attempting to contact you know the project leader of Vinix and the debian accessibility guy and, okay. and various other people okay. and have conversations with everyone in the same room nice and say how can we improve all of this together that's like great. you know, like what is the benefit of one you know one person succeeding and the other one not? Like that's you know silly. Okay, so here's a question, and and this might be beyond your uh, technical knowledge. I, I know it's beyond mine, so I'm just going to kind of stumble through the question. But like, do you know if on Linux is accessibility any um, easier to implement because of the way that like X X works? Like because of the because X is basically just a shell for mm. the for the terminal, right? Mm. So I mean, is that is it easier to tie into things and say when you're clicking this button, you're actually just running this command, and so we can read you exactly what that command is going to be, rather than actually reading you the text of the button? You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, it, since it's free software, I would assume it's considerably easier to implement yeah. changes because you can look on a hood and see yeah. exactly what's being called, what's being rendered, yeah. what's being spoken to. I, I know with uh, the the new Windows 8 that's coming out. I've heard that, like, JAWS, for instance, huh. has to completely rewrite everything yeah. because Windows did something different to how JAWS communicates with Windows. Wow. And, I mean, I don't know what kind of cooperation they get from Microsoft, but I'd imagine it's quite difficult. Yeah, I can um, So, imagine. you know, so I, I, I would assume, you know, understanding free software, that it's considerably easier, but, again, finding people that are concerned about stuff like this or that even do it, it's kind of tough, which is why I want to be able to round up as many people as I can and, yeah. and put together, you know, a, like, again, a framework that can be followed for everyone else. Yeah. So. How, how does JAWS work with, I mean, obviously, if it, if all the code's coming from Microsoft, I'm sure there's a certain standard, probably, that's maintained within Microsoft code. Mm. But what about, like, you know, that random shareware that you download to burn a disk or something? I mean, mm. does JAWS handle that pretty Oh, no, JAWS isn't guaranteed to work 100%. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. you know, it doesn't even work 100% Windows. Oh, okay. I mean, it's usable, but you're not going to access everything. Yeah, okay. You know, so... So, again, so for free software, yeah, well, for $1,500, you know, you're getting something that may or may not work. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But free software being all free, we could look at the code and pretty much probably guarantee that Orc is going to work no matter what. Yeah. So if it doesn't, again, you can yeah. reach out. If it doesn't work great on a program, I'm, sh I mean, developers, I'm sure, don't make their stuff inaccessible on purpose. Right. Yeah. Like they just either a don't think about it. Yep. And, or b maybe they don't know how to do it. Right. So uh, that's and they don't understand what the needs are anyway. Yeah. Exactly. I so mean, I mean, that's seems, that's the gap. Yeah. That's you know? very cool. Yeah. So it's it's more again it's, it's to build a framework and to bring awareness to accessibility like uh, I spoke with uh, Chris Hofstetter who, who works a lot with accessibility on GNU okay. and he said Jonathan really a lot of the accessibility could probably be fixed in 20 minutes yeah, if, yeah. The, if these guys went in and just changed yeah, a few lines yeah. so we need to educate you know the programmers look yeah. all you need to change is this to that and it'll become accessible it's fantastic so cool well, I think uh, I think that's probably all the questions yeah. I have for you. Um, cool. Thanks for talking to me, Jonathan. Thanks a lot, too. It's it great to uh, meet you in you know real life and stuff. Definitely, yeah. yeah I had cool. a great time here. Yeah, cool. All right, I'll see you next time. All right.
You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.